Welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, another review of another dreadful game. Uh, solo for me today, this means uh, it can be a bit shorter, so therefore I don't have to talk about Tottenham too much, who uh, I'm still fairly angry about this, fairly angry about this, and just same old, same old, same old. I always uh, look on the positive side with Spurs, and then they always end up disappointed, so I'm my, my own worst enemy, really, so I've got no one really to blame but myself. But yeah, just me talking about my thoughts about the game and what we can, I'd say, look forward to against uh, Sporting. But looking forward isn't uh, something we're doing at the moment. Uh, it's very difficult to, to, to actually do that. Uh, so yeah, so looking ahead, we'll say, to the Sporting game. But yeah, solo for me today so that I don't have to talk about Tottenham too much and I can actually enjoy my evening. But uh, first things first, keep your comments coming in. Uh, Obviously, it'll be a short episode, just me, but uh, if, if questions, comments, suggestions and, and, and thoughts come up, then I'll, I'll talk about them. So if you want a longer episode, then get your comments in uh, and also hit the like as well. That really helps the channel. Also hit the subscribe button as well. If you haven't already, uh, nearing 300, be great to get to the 300 milestone. Uh, but let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. Uh, terrible performance again. Uh, I mean, where to start, really? Uh, we'll come on to Hugo Lloris a bit later on, who we need another goalkeeper. We need a new goalkeeper. He's not good enough, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, all through the team, all through the team. Kane and Son are so isolated up top. There's no real service for them. Uh, we'll come on to Emerson as well. I have no idea where he comes straight back in. And the only person who can cross the ball is Perisic on the wide areas. Uh, but we keep giving it to Emerson to cross the ball. Uh, there's no desire in the midfield. At Newcastle, you look at Newcastle, they're exactly like we were under Poch, you know, in our, I wouldn't say heyday, but when in Poch's uh, top moments. To a man, everyone pressing and, and working and pressing as a team, playing as a team. Everyone doing their own jobs, but also helping out with other people's jobs if they got caught. And we were the complete opposite, ambling around, jogging around. Even when we scored the, the first goal, we, we huffed and puffed for about 10 minutes. And that was about it. We, we should be, you know, putting Pope under all sorts of pressure and, and, and facing all sorts of shots. Uh, one goal down and looking for the, for the, the equaliser. Uh, we started off fairly well. Uh, so Newcastle rode their luck for about 50 minutes. I still have no idea why Son tried to dink Pope when he was one on one. He should just fold it in like a, a, a confident say, uh, confident K, uh, confident Son should be doing. And and I thought he would be now after his uh, midweek uh, performance uh, in the against Frankfurt the other week. But apparently not. He didn't look like scoring at all. It needed to be the other way around. Son to Kane. Uh, but that goes in kind of a different game. But then we still have the issue of Loris. And, and I completely missed Dyer's back pass that almost went in. I don't know what I was doing going on the loo. Uh, that was probably, to be fair, when my TV went down because of the storm. Unfortunately, the storm ended and the TV came back. Uh, so I had to suffer through the rest of the game. But I'm assuming that's when that happened. So I missed that. Uh, I saw someone say that uh, uh, on Twitter that uh, we played quite well and as soon as I did that, our confidence went to pieces. Uh, probably not far off the mark, but we, we seem to... I, I thought this season, the Chelsea draw, snatching a draw there and staying in the game, same with West Ham as well. 
we had a bit more fight and and and, and stubbornness and and bottled to us but we can see the goal now and we go all over the place half time comes we we again in this game half time comes the first two minutes of the second half all over the place uh absolute yeah I, there's not a huge amount to say really uh we need players. We need players. So we'll come on to Conte and his press conference. Uh, the one thing I took from the press conference was the fact he said, uh, pointed out the fact it's, it's it's game every three days. You need the squad for that. I've read that as that's a challenge to level. We need more players. And Conte's under pressure now from some uh, uh, sections of the, of the fan base, booing him, calling him for his name, which I understand people are upset and angry. I'm angry, but. Not, he has his issues, Conte, like I said, with the Man United game after the Man United game uh, on Friday. He set us out, I think, with a negative men- mindset, and I think he deserves a lot of criticism for that. But to say uh, he needs to be sacked, uh, ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, he's the best manager we've had in my lifetime. Obviously, Poch did wonders for the team, which Conte hasn't done anything near that yet. But in terms of his CV and everything, and, and and he is a top, top, top manager. And he's always said, need a couple of windows. And, and let's not forget as well, when he went to Chelsea, inherited there a title-winning side. They were just really badly out of form. Players weren't playing for the manager. But he inherited a, 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 a title-winning team and squad and then just got them playing and then won the league. Same with Inter Milan. They weren't anywhere near us needing a, a complete rebuild like we are. And, uh, yeah, to say Conte needs to go, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. Not for my money, anyway. Uh, I want him in 100% still. But, you know, his stubbornness is starting to annoy me a little bit, uh, certainly with the Emerson stuff, how he, he play. I have no idea how he plays, but we'll come on to him. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I saw the press conference as a bit of a challenge to Levy in January. We need signings. We need these signings. Well, not these signings. He didn't actually mention any player names. But I think we can all probably have a guess at what he's asking for. So I saw that as game every three days. You need the squad. We haven't got the squad. Levy, give me the squad and I'll do stuff for this team. Uh, but again, you know, this is Daniel Levy. Are we going to have a massive, massive window? Is it going to be a bargain window? Everyone's going to be after players in, in, in January, I feel, certainly in the top teams, because all of their players are going to be in the World Cup come March time. They're going to be fatigued. Liverpool as well have a huge injury issue, so they're going to be... I would be amazed if Liverpool aren't busy in the transfer window. Man City probably don't need anyone, but again, they've got a lot of players in the World Cup. Uh, Arsenal, they're obviously going great at the moment, unfortunately. I do think they'll drop off, but I, I'll... Be a bit surprised if they don't sign anyone in January. I think January will be very busy for a lot of teams. Uh, we need to make sure that we're one of those teams and we get the players in that Conte wants. Uh, I know Jed Spence is Conte said he's not a, a, a Conte signing, club signing. We need Conte signings in, in, in this window, I feel, January window. Whether we'll get them, I mean, that's the age old question with Tottenham, isn't it? Uh, Will we get the signings that Conte or the manager wants with Levy there? History would tell you that there's uh, a lot of history that would say no there. But Perisic, definitely one of his signings. Richarlison, he he, he said he loves uh, Richarlison, so I'm 
be amazed if that's not one of his signs. Kulisevsky and Bentancur, I'll be amazed if they're not either. And um, talking about uh, Kulisevsky's reaction on the bench, he gets what it is to be Spurs, I think. So he's a huge, huge player. Fan favourite because of what he's done on the pitch, but he, that is just going to uh, emphasise that even more. And we lack so much creativity when he's not in. Uh, Kane is our only creative player going forward, but he can't be in two places at the same time. Uh, Sun's chances in the first half all came from Kane dropping deep. Uh, but yeah, second half, we score from a set piece. We, we don't score from open play. And we need some creativity. I said that as soon as Ericsson decided he wanted to leave. I'm amazed we didn't go for Ericsson. You know, if Conte had said, I want Ericsson, done deal, I would have thought, because he's free. He would have been free. So it would work for Levy, no end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about, uh, before we come on to the man who cost us that game, let's talk about this guy, Emerson. I've mentioned it before. Straight back in. I do not understand that at all. I don't really know what Jed Spence has to do to get a chance. Uh, Jed Spence, as we know from Forrest last year, is an attacking wingback. As we know from Conte at uh, Chelsea, he likes attacking wingbacks. Uh, there's an element to say that, you know, his final ball isn't very good enough, but uh, <laughs> look at the guy he puts in, Emerson. He hasn't put a cross into someone's head or foot yet in, in a year and a half. And, I mean, what message does that send to the team? You haven't done much for the team in terms of uh, output. You get sent off with a stupid challenge against Arsenal, get sent off. Uh, Three-game suspension, in you come straight away. And and Doherty, I don't think, has done much wrong. Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, final ball for a, a, a wing-back, there was, certainly in the Man United game, there were times where he made a good run, he made a good run, was ignored, and we went backwards. So that, to me, is a, another bit of evidence to say we were so negative. We were so negative in that Manchester United game, and I think that comes from the manager, and then that rubs off on the players. But yeah, he made some good runs yesterday as well. Was ignored again. But yeah, every time Emerson plays, we can't wait to give the ball to the guy. He can't do anything with it. So, yeah, absolutely amazed he came back in. Uh, he didn't have the greatest game. He didn't have the worst game. <laughs> the worst game of Emerson is a really bad game. He didn't have the worst game. And for me, he wasn't the reason. That The same with Dyer. Uh, I know the pass back was terrible. Let Callum Wilson run uh, uh, for the first goal. Uh, but for me, it's not their fault that we lost that game. There's one guy whose fault it is. We lost the game. You know what I'm going to say. And here's the picture of it. Uh, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And and I'll come back to that again. But it's this point I want to make. Lois's mistakes are becoming commonplace again. Uh, I know he had a worldie against Manchester United. But as a World Cup winning goalkeeper, if you want to be a world-class goalkeeper, you can't have one great game in three and... You know, every other game making god-awful mistakes that cost your team goals and ultimately football matches. Uh, and, and, I mean, he claimed a foul, but if you look at it, he got hit by Wilson, stood up, then fell down, then claiming a foul. It's never a foul in a million years. Callum Wilson can't go anywhere. Uh, and and we saw with Callum Wilson with Dyer trying to rip the shirt off his back and Callum Wilson just shrugged him off. The guy's this big, strong lad. Lad, you hit him, you're going to go down because he, he is strong. And he couldn't go anywhere. And then after that, no pressure on the ball. I will say about Dyer, he uh, 
was looking for the foul rather than getting back and was too slow to react. But again, shouldn't have even got to us talking about Eric Dive, what he did for that goal, because Loris had time to clear the ball rather than chest it down. I don't really know what he was thinking. I know match of the day, Alan Shearer said he should have been five yards further forward. But for me, it wouldn't have mattered if he was uh, five yards further forward or not. He still had a chance to clear the ball and not chest it and just absolutely horrendous. And then the second goal, I have no idea why. Uh, This is a criticism of Conte as well. Why we insist on playing out for the back when we have Hugo Lloris in goal. The guy cannot kick a ball to a man and his kicking is terrible and you saw it in match today you saw it in the game Newcastle were allowing him to have the ball and kick it out and then they were closing down whoever the target was because they know his kicking is poor and and uh, I mean two things here I do not know how his kicking hasn't improved get on the training pitch like Kane does with shooting after after training get on the training pitch practice your your, your kicks uh, but they haven't improved absolutely terrible and secondly, the, the, the second goal, the, the ball to Sessignon was terrible. It was well short. I know Newcastle, like I said, have uh, played for that. Okay, you kick it. We'll, we'll, when you fuck it up, we'll go and get the, the, the rebounds and, and cut it out. Sessignon should, is waiting for the ball. Uh, and then Sessignon should be dragging him down as soon as he hasn't got the ball. Easy in hindsight to say, I know. But again, poor defending. Take one for the team. Uh, Lenglet's let Almiron get past him too easily. I know he can't do a huge amount because it would be a penalty otherwise, but he's just breezed past him like he's not even there. And then tight angle, squirmed under Loris's body. Absolute shocking goal from all aspects. And the two goals all come from Loris. And and he's been a world-class goalkeeper for us. Now he's just a shot stopper. And, and that, that surely a shot stopper is a prerequisite for a goalkeeper. You need to be more than that. So certainly, I know Man City and, and uh, have kind of changed the game of what a goalkeeper is now with Edison. But uh, so you haven't got to be world class like Edison is with his feet, but you've got to be able to pass a ball. You've, you've got to be able to make better decisions and and. I mean, Loris, when he first joined that sweeper-keeper kind of stuff, he kind of was the... F- well, Neuer was the first one of that, but certainly in the Premier League, I can't remember many before Loris. And, yeah, he's probably lost a little bit of pace, but still, he had enough time to clear that ball. But he's become a liability for us now, and I don't think it's any wonder why we look so nervous now this season, certainly after the Arsenal game in defence, when we don't have what I feel is a commanding goalkeeper and a reliable goalkeeper behind them so they don't want to uh, leave it until the uh, the goalkeeper because they're worried he's gonna make a mistake so they try and sort stuff out they make mistakes because let's face it they're not the greatest Romero aside they're not the greatest so they're making mistakes and it just causes confusion lack of confidence lack of communication in defense and that's why we look all over the place and these managers and teams scout teams weeks in advance and 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 you know so it's no surprise that they're allowing Lovies to play out from the back and picking up the pieces because they know he's not that good. And, they, you know, you, you don't need to be a scout to know that. You just need to be watching Tottenham every now and then when Lovies is playing because every game he's shocking with his feet. And I just don't understand how he hasn't improved. But for me, January, I, I say January again, but it's unlikely to happen. But I, I feel we need a new goalkeeper. Dean, Bring Dean Henderson in, you know. 
I know he's number one at Forest at the moment. He doesn't want to be a number uh, uh, two. But I think after the world, I, I think last summer, I think players were thinking, well, I don't want to be in a squad. I don't want to be on the bench. I don't want to be a sub. I want to be playing because of the World Cup. After the World Cup, there's nothing for a couple of years until the next Euros. So I think players are more likely to go, okay, I'll leave, sit on the bench and force my way in. But with Henderson, you know, it'd be the same situation as when we brought Loris in. Loris, when he came in, had Brad Friedel ahead of him. And it wasn't your Hugo Loris, you're straight in, Friedel's out. It was Friedel is our number one, you force him out. And he did. But he had competition there. He had competition. So when he played, he had to improve. And when he did get in, he had to make sure he didn't um, let Friedel come in. Uh, but yeah, Mark Cousins, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, big up, Chris. Thank you very much. Big up yourself. Completely agree. Sad as it is, Hugo is done. Surprised we haven't got his replacement lined up. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> there is that. But for me, Dean Henderson in January, and you can say to Dean Henderson, yeah, you'll be number two, but exactly like Loris and Friedel, force your way in. Hugo's coming out. Uh, he's got a year left, maybe. But if you step up and, and perform... He'll be out before that time and you'll be number one. And it'll be after the World Cup. Like I say, there won't be him fighting for, I want to get to the World Cup. I want to be on that plane. I want to be in goal for England's games because that would have sailed. And then there's another two years to force your way in for the Euro. So Henderson would be the one for me. I wanted Pope at the start of the season. Obviously, he went to Newcastle. He did make that clangor for uh, England. So maybe he isn't the answer. He's not world-class. Been linked with a few foreign players. But I think Henderson fits the bill. Everywhere, I mean, we all kind of want Dyer to move on and, and someone to replace him because Dyer isn't that great. I admit that. I, I, you know, I defend Dyer, but I'm not saying he's the greatest. <laughs> he's better than what we've got. I certainly feel more safe with him playing than Sanchez, although I didn't feel Sanchez did too much wrong yesterday. But again, like Loris at the moment, Sanchez has always got a mistake in him. Uh, but yeah, if you get uh, uh, Henderson in, England... Dyer's in there now, so he's got a bit of a, um, he'll have a relationship, communication with him. He's played in the Premier League, knows what the Premier League is about. And to Mark's comment there, surprised we haven't got his replacement lined up. What I wanted to happen was last, in the summer, we get that, 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 essentially the replacement for him. And then it's a fight between the two. You then get two benefits there. You get, both of them have competition. So when they get in there, they're going to be competing with each other and not wanting to make mistakes. But secondly, that goalkeeper has then experienced playing at Spurs, playing at that stadium, playing in the team for the manager. So when Loris does go, he's not coming in completely cold and uh, having to fill Hugo's shoes, which uh, apart from the mistakes we've had, he's certainly had some wonderful, wonderful seasons and been a big, 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 big player for us, saved us countless times. He's not coming in cold because they are still big shoes to fill. And what I didn't want or don't want is a Peter Schmeichel at Man United situation where they had, for me, the best goalkeeper in my lifetime, Hugo's not that level, but massive shoes to fill. They didn't get anyone in to replace him until he was gone. And then they struggled for about four or five goalkeepers. So I wanted exactly the same as we had with Loris and Friedel. Someone to fight uh, uh, Loris like he did with Friedel. And uh, yeah, and then that would fight for him. That would fight for him. A comment from Ben. How are you doing, Ben? United fan. Boo. What makes you think United won't want Henderson to be David De Gea replacement? Well, uh, you know, there is that. But, you know, in terms of what I want for Spurs, I wanted Henderson in. So, obviously, if he uh, 
is being lined up as United replacement for De Gea. He's not going to go anywhere, is he? And this is just a loan for Forrest. But if he is available, he'd be my pick. Uh, and yeah, that'd be my pick. But if he is going to be De Gea's replacement and he wants to stay at United and he is going to be the number one going forward there, then it's a loan for Forrest, staying with Forrest for this season. Then that's done. That's done. And then he's not going anywhere and we've got to look elsewhere. But again, we could have got him in in the summer. When De Gea was said, you're our number one. Uh, there could all, always been, like Ben says there, that, you know, you're the replacement to him. But we could have said you're the replacement for Lorries now. Put, get your head down, perform well. You'll be playing uh, regularly before the end of the, end of the season. And if you really get your head down and Lorries keeps making these mistakes, you'll be playing regularly before the World Cup and before that's announced. But for me, Lorries has to not, not have to go. You still want him in the dressing room. Uh, but he can't be our number one going forward for any long term. I know Garth Crooks said we won't win anything with Loris. I can't stand Garth Crooks, but unfortunately, I think he's right on that one. Uh, I think his time is done in terms of being the number one. And and as a captain as well, he's always been quite good as a captain. But yesterday, went straight down the tunnel without clapping the fans or anything. And I understand he's upset and frustrated and annoyed probably with himself, but still clap the fans at the end. Uh, but And... Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Romero as well. Uh, him being out, I was surprised about that, but apparently he's injured. We'll come on to uh, the guy on the left in a minute, Hoiberg, who's also injured. But Romero, I mean, we look at such a soft touch without Romero. And, yeah, it's just a shame. I didn't think Sanchez played that bad, to be honest. And like I said, I don't hold the defence accountable for yesterday's loss. I hold Lorries responsible for it. And but it is a team game and 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 you know that that pass from dive is not helping matters in terms of uh, confidence uh but yeah i didn't think sanchez played too bad but as as a, a a first team defender for the rest of the season absolutely not because he's got mistakes in him left right and center and he will make them romero I know he's aggressive and everything like that, but that's what you kind of want in a game like this. We seem to not be able to be aggressive or anything. We're just jogging around, ambling around, sticking your foot out, dangling your foot out, rather than going in hard. Manchester United did it against us. Uh, you know, people saying, oh, man, United beat a, a team who didn't play very well. That's very true, but you still got to beat the team who's in front of you. You still got to put your effort in, get to have the right mentality, and Manchester United thoroughly deserve that win. And without Lloris on that occasion... Would have been a cricket score, but like with, I, I said with Laurie, she can't have one great game, two catastrophic games, another great game, another catastrophic game uh, at this level. Certainly if we're trying to win champ, well, not Champions Leagues, but certainly a cup and get into the top four again and reach the last stages of the Champions League. And Romero was a big miss, big miss. And maybe that was part of the, the confident, the lack of confidence that we didn't have him. It's like, oh, Christ, we, you know. We haven't got our, our top defender in there, but even so, even so, you should be able to be doing the basics, right? Doing the basics, right? I mean, that pass back from Dyer, I don't want to keep banging on about it, even though I am. <laughs> it's only me. I could easily stop talking about it, but I'm going to bang on about it. Uh, it doesn't help with the confidence, the groans in the crowd and, and everything like that. The lorry situation with the two goals and... Yeah, we we just look a shambles all of a sudden. And as soon as we can see the goal or concede a bit of pressure, we look a shambles. That Manchester United game, we had a couple of moments. Uh, Bentonker went close. As soon as then, uh, uh, 
Manchester United had a few attacks all over the place. All over the place. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this Romero injury, Hoiberg injury, isn't too bad. And, and we desperately need Kulu back. We desperately need Kulu back. Uh, how long Kulu is out for, I do not know. There was talk from Conte about him being out of the World Cup, potentially, which is obviously terrible for him. Terrible for him. Uh, but in a completely selfish point of view, it's horrendously bad for us because he's the one player going forward that can come deep as well as Kane. And he, he doesn't have the great creativity in terms of the, you know, the Ericsson type pass, but he'll take people on. He'll beat positive. And, and a lot of the stuff we were passing backwards again yesterday. Skip was trying to pass forward. Still don't think he's match fit. Oh, I mean, how, how would he be? He had a massive injury and he's only played a hatful of games. Basuma's been very disappointed. Basuma at Brighton was a star. You know, hardly ever gave the ball away. And remember last year where he kept Kane so quiet and he's giving the ball away, going backwards, not driving. And, and, and whether he's doing that, lack of confidence, lack of getting used to the system again, or Conte's telling him to do that, I'm, I'm not really sure. But Either way, he's been fairly disappointing. And and a couple of games before that, we looked, uh, before United game, sorry, we looked really good. I thought certainly, uh, the, yeah, the Brighton game in the second half against Everton, we looked a lot better with three in the midfield, looked really composed on the ball. Uh, and yeah, the last two games, Manchester United, three in the midfield, Newcastle, three in midfield, all over the place, all over the place. And yeah, <laughs> Without Kulu as well, like I've said, he'll take people on. You know his crossing is good because he's, he's, he's crossing is generally pinpoint. And he's not like Kane. He's not afraid to have a ping of a shot. And he's got a, a, a quality left foot. So without him, I struggle to see where our goals are coming from other than set pieces. Uh, and like I said, his, his, his antics on the bench, you know, head in hands when we had a shot saved or, or, or went wide slamming his uh, uh, coat down when we conceded a goal. He gets what it is. He gets it. Uh, uh, and I'm not sure too many players in that team are getting it at the moment, what it means to be a Spurs player and and, and the passion you need for Spurs. And, and, and Kulu is definitely one of them, and we desperately need him back. If we, if we don't have him back for any length of time, I mean, it's just lucky we've got less than a month until <laughs> we have a month off and then he should be back after that. And then it won't be too long until the January window, which hopefully we can do some business, which, hmm. yeah. How you doing, Mar Marlon? How you doing, buddy? Thanks so much for watching the comment. Keep your comments coming in. Uh, any questions that you've got or anything like that? Uh, any points you want to make? Um, please hit the like and please hit the subscribe as well. Really helps the channel. Uh, short show today, obviously just me means I don't have to scream and shout and waste my time moaning about Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> I can make my point and then go and enjoy my evening. Uh, but yeah, no creativity again. No creativity. Uh, like I said, I'm amazed we didn't try and go for uh, Ericsson. And if Conte didn't want him, I'm amazed as well. Uh, I, I know people say he doesn't play with a playmaker. But he played with Brozovic, who's a deep line playmaker, and Ericsson as well. Uh, Inter Milan, he had Fabregas at Chelsea, who's deep line as well. Ericsson would be perfect for that now, being that, you know, the situation that happened with him. He's not going to be doing the 10-kilometre the runs a game, I don't feel, uh, for us, like he was doing under Poch. Uh, 
and and even if he's not playing every game, you know, 60 minutes, we're rather flat, bring Ericsson on, you know, something different. And certainly with these five subs, gives you the chance to completely change your tactics, completely change your shape. But like I've said, the stubbornness of Conte to not change is annoying me a little bit. Do I want him fired? Absolutely not. Absolutely balmy uh, wanting him fired. And yeah, just the lack of creativity. Our only creative player is our striker. And we've got two players who can play in that position as well, injured at the moment. Uh, and yeah, from Marlon here, uh, kind of talked about this earlier. What are your thoughts on Dyer? Did he set the tone with the pass back? Uh, I didn't actually see the pass back. I think that was when the thunderstorm hit. My TV went off. Unfortunately, the thunderstorm stopped and then my TV came back on. Uh, but he possibly did. But even so with that, I don't blame him for the loss. And and, and or any of the defenders, I blame Loris yesterday. Uh, that, that, that... <laughs> For the first goal, he had enough time to get rid of that with his feet. And and chesting it, I don't really know what he's doing. And then standing up as soon as he's hit and then going down, looking for the foul rather than just getting up. Uh, if he hadn't have gone down, gone down like that, delayed, and just got up rather than looking for the foul, when Wilson had the shot, he'd have been in the box and he'd been able to jump, catch it with his hands. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Dyer, uh, like I said, uh, without Romero, I feel that, that the defence are on tender hooks anyway. Uh, it obviously didn't help. Uh, Wilson gave him a torrid, torrid time. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I think Wilson's going to give quite a few players a torrid time. And like I said, like I've said as well, Dyer isn't the best defender by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's the worst, and I certainly feel better if he's playing than Sanchez in that position. But yeah, we have to get a defender in in the window. Uh, uh, for the very, very, uh, not just any defender, obviously, a quality defender. If Bastoni becomes available, snap into Milan's handoff and take him whatever the price, whatever the price. Conte wants him, so therefore Levy should want him if Conte wants him. Uh, but yeah, I'll be, he possibly set the tone. It, it was the kind of turning point uh, I saw on Twitter uh, where we were playing quite well and then ended up not playing well, but like I said, I didn't actually see it. It was when the thunderstorm hit, so I was completely unaware until I watched match of the day today. But I think I think it's a combination of things setting a tone. We we see Marlon. I, I don't know how you feel about it, Marlon. But as soon as we can see possession and, and concede a few chances, concede a goal, we 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 look shell shocked and go into ourselves, and then don't look like we can string a pass together. Uh, and even when we scored and, and made it 2-1, we, we had a little bit of a huff and puff for 10 minutes. And then after that, it was pretty horrendous stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, the lack of creativity, I think, is really killing us here. We are so one-dimensional to play against. If Harry Kane doesn't drop deep, we've got absolutely nothing. And him and Son are so isolated. We've got wing-backs other than Perisic, who cannot cross the ball. Uh, Again, I'll reiterate again, why on earth Emerson gets back in the team, I do not know when he hasn't been able to cross the ball for about a year now or however long he's been with us. I don't understand how Jed Spence doesn't get a chance. Uh, certainly at home, you know, he's an attacking wing back, which Emerson's an attacking wing back and can't cross the ball. So if Jed Spence can't cross the ball, what have we actually lost? We haven't lost anything. And Doherty, I didn't think played that bad. Like I said earlier, I think 
certainly in the Man United game, he was making some good runs and he was just completely ignored and we passed backwards. That, to me, is a negative mindset. And that's how Conte plays. I don't have a problem with a style of play because you can still be positive with a, a negative style of play. Positive in the sense of going into teams, working as a team, pressing as a team, but keeping your shape. But we don't seem to be doing anything. And I think with a negative mindset, you know, don't lose this game rather than go and win, which Pochettino always had that let's go win. And that's why we played attacking. Well, we played attacking football because he was an attacking coach, but it was always let's go and win. Uh, Conte, certainly in Man United, I felt went out with a let's not lose. And that goes down to the players. And I think that gives them certainly the second goal where uh, Benton has just let Fernandez run past him. He's ambling back. I think it allows players to shirk responsibilities because it's negative. Oh, not my problem. He can deal with it. Whereas if you've got a positive mindset of we're a team here, we work for each other, we work hard, then the responsibility of Ventacore there would have been, well, uh, he might be able to deal with it, but I'll work for it. And you look at Joe Linton yesterday, made a couple of absolute storming bursts back, one when Sun was running with the ball. That's what I'm talking about. That's the positive mentality and everyone working for the team. Even though Newcastle kind of sat back for a large periods of that and hit us on the counter-attack, uh, cer- certainly when we were on top, but that so you can have that negative kind of a, 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 a setup there, but you've still got the positive mindset and attitude, and that's why people like Joe Linton are working for the team. And it wasn't just him; it was everybody. Sean Longstaff for the second goal, uh, you know, were, had their game plan. Uh, wait until Loris buggers up a, a, a kick, get in front of Session, set Almiron on his way, and. Yeah, I think that's a big, big, big problem that we have a negative mindset at the moment. Not a negative style of play, although it is a negative style of play. But like I said, you can have a negative style of play, but still be positive in the way you set up and approach games. And I think we're not being positive when we approach games. That's bringing the players down, giving them a negative attitude. That's why we're passing backwards, backwards, backwards. I mean, the backwards and sideways is also because we don't have any creative. So I think we need to address that in 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 the, in the winter. But again, everyone's going to be looking for transfers in the winter because of the World Cup and fatigue setting in later on in the season. But for me, goalkeeper, dude's going to be our replacement, a, 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 a centre-back, someone creative. And... If he's not going to play Jed Spence or Doherty, <laughs> get rid of Emerson and get a ready-made like Perisic is to play on that right side. Uh, another one from Mark Cousins here. I think our scout network needs looking at. We've got four midfielders that are basically the same. Yeah, I thought when when we brought Basuma in, I thought one of them would be training. I thought maybe Skip, although his injuries had, had, had caused issues. He was certainly the one yesterday trying to pass forward. So I, I did wonder if if maybe they're thinking of pushing him forward as a bit of a number 10, uh, but obviously he's not there yet because of his injuries. Basuma, for me, could do everything. He can be that sitting midfielder. Hoiberg, certainly certainly against Everton when Basuma came on, Hoiberg definitely got a license to go forward. And we've seen his his finishing has got better. We've seen his passing ability in, in, in other games, uh, only fleeting, obviously, because he was sat back. And Bentoncourt, has, has got stuff going forward. But yeah, I, I think you're probably right to an extent, Mark. Certainly as, it, as it's looking at the moment, they're all the same pretty much. Uh, and we don't have that number 10. Our only number 10 is our number 10, who's our actual bloody striker who can't really drop deep constantly and stay there, uh, certainly because of injuries. And and you're, you're taking away, you want him in the box when, <laughs> when the ball goes in there. 
Uh, so I definitely think it needs addressing in, 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 in January. We need, I mean, James Madison would be ideal, but he's obviously going to cost a lot of money and therefore that presumably doesn't work for Levy. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, and this really disappointed me as well. We get the goal back. And apart from that first 10 minutes, there's no real desire to go and get the second goal. Uh, Morva, when he came on, showed a lot of endeavour, a lot more endeavour than a lot of the players. But unfortunately, Kulu shows the endeavour and has got the quality at the end to back it up as well as Morva's kind of lost that. And the other thing, because Kulu has that end product, people are going to make runs for him. They're going to gamble because there's a good chance it's going to come to them or a chance it's going to come from it. With Morva, it's, it's as much as I like Morva, it's well, it's not going to come anything come out of it. So I'm not going to support him and I'm not going to burst, burst the gut because it's probably not going to come over there and then I'm going to be out of position and waste some energy. Uh, but he, he was shown in, you know, the, the bit where he kept hassling for the ball and eventually got it, gave it to Emerson and then gave it away. Perfect example of that. But yeah, we seem to be a team who we need a certain player on Kudasevsky now. It used to be Lamella to give us that energy. And then, We'll have some energy in the team. We can't just come in the, the second half as well. Again, start the second half. Conceded a load of possession. Uh, they almost scored from a corner. And the other thing, when we scored a goal, the first thing we did after we scored a goal is let Callum Wilson come through on Willock's shot. And if he got a better connection, that's a goal. That's 3-1 straight after we've made it 2-1. And, I mean, that was poor defending from Dyer, Sanchez, uh, Lenley. I mean, that was terrible. So... As much as I do blame Loris, and he was at fault for the two goals, which have obviously cost us the the, the uh, um, game. On another day, that Wilson one goes in, makes it three one, and that's nothing Loris can do about that. That's all the defence's fault, and then they should be getting the criticism uh, for that. They should be getting criticism anyway. But in terms of did they meet? Was it their fault we lost the game? I don't think so. I think it was Loris, and and it's become a real problem. Our goalkeeper again. Um, but yeah, we need some creativity. But again, you know, Conte has said it's going to take three or four windows. And like I said, he inherited a world, a, a title winning team in Chelsea when he went there just at, in bad form and then got them together, got their heads in together. And then they did what they did. Uh, but yeah, and talking of good teams, Newcastle at the moment really surprised me. I thought this season would be too too early for top four for them. Uh, but they're in fourth now. I know. I think Manchester United have a game in hand. Uh, if Ben's still uh, watching, he'll know that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they've only conceded 10 goals in uh, nine or 10 games, one of the best in the league. They're looking good going forward. They're, they're looking like a team. We look like individuals at the moment who are playing as a team. We look like individuals. They look like a team. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's working together. They clearly had a game plan yesterday, which everybody was on board with and everybody worked for, which was let Loris have the ball, let him kick it out, let them try and play from the back. Uh, and then when they do, go and win that ball, which is nine times out of ten, not going to be a good ball. And then when they do get caught on the break, on the counter-attack, track back, help out, midfielders come back, no, none more so than Joe Linton. And... Then when you get get it forward, be clinical and brilliant goal from Callum Wilson. For me, never foul in a million years. Uh, I, I'm not sure what was more shocking. Loris's uh, attempt to try and control the ball or Jamie Redknapp saying it was a foul. Uh, 
Jamie Redknapp giving us some praise and, and benefit of the doubt is very strange. Uh, but yeah, never a foul for me. Great finish from him. I mean, Almiron did brilliantly for his goal, but again, it should never have ever happen. It should never go underneath uh, Loris's body. And Sessignon, as soon as he loses the ball, should be dragging him down, take one for the team, free kick, face up, and then defend the free kick. Uh, but they're looking like a real good team at the moment, and their confidence has to be sky high. So at this moment in time, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they get top four. They haven't got European football either, so there's no one game every three days. So most of their players are fresh. I don't know how many of their players are going to the World Cup and if, if, if that could be a factor, if, certainly if one of them gets injured. Uh, but they're looking a real, real good team at the moment. And for me, I, I thought it was going to be too early this season. I thought top six, maybe. Certainly top eight. Uh, and then next season in the summer, have a real good go uh, in terms of the, the summer window. And then they'll be right up there and then doing kind of what Man City did when they got their money as well. Uh, as much as I hate it with the the Newcastle owners, but never mind. Uh, but yeah, I think they're they're good, good shout for top four at the moment. And if we're not careful, we will slip out of that, even though at the start of the season with the signings that we made, a lot of neutrals, a lot of Spurs fans and a lot of non-Spurs fans were saying that we're definite for top four. Uh, but at this moment in time, if we can't play very well, then and we're not showing desire and trying to win games and making stupid mistakes every game... Loris this time, it'll be Dyer or Sanchez or, or, or whoever next game, and then it'll be Loris again. We're making all these silly little errors. Uh, but next we have Sporting in the Champions League, and uh, I did have a picture here. Let me try and find it. I've lost it. Uh, but we're in with a good shout at the Champions League in terms of uh, where we are in the league. We're not that far off. Uh, let me find it. It's loading up. Here we go. Here we go. So, yeah, so this is a league at the moment. Two games left. We're top. It's very close. Uh, we're obviously playing Sporting next. Hopefully, what you'd hope is that, we, you know, the players at home, we want revenge for that 2-0 um, last gasp loss uh, at their place. And so they'd be fired up for it. But again, I'm not in any hope after the Man United and Newcastle game that we can get fired up. And then we've obviously got Marseille away. Uh, last game, which looking at where they are, two wins out of two, not going to be easy. Not going to be easy at all. Sporting Lisbon lost two out of two in the last two Champions League games. Uh, conceded the most in the joint most in, in there. But again, that's not really anything when uh, <laughs> the best is four and the least is six. Um, so it's not really anything there. But yeah, I mean, we're at home. So a draw is not a good result there. Uh, yeah, and Peter Griff, how you doing? Thanks for Modric, Modric and Bale. I'm assuming uh, a Madrid fan, but cheers for watching. Appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, the Champions League, we have to win tomorrow. Have to win tomorrow. And then if we can get a draw against Marseille, it's probably enough to see us through. Uh, but again, that's me now being negative, you know, going for a draw. Should be going for a win in these games. But yeah, definitely go for a win tomorrow. And hopefully... I mean, who have we got at the weekend after? we got, uh, 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 yeah, we're playing on Wednesday in the evening and then three o'clock on Saturday, Bournemouth away. Again, on paper should be winning that game, but it's not going to be easy by any stretch. Seem to have a set, uh, new lease of life under their new uh, kind of caretaker manager after Scott Parker left after that 9-0 loss. 
uh, not going to be easy at all. Not going to be easy at all. So we've really got to be at it there as well. Uh, Kane and Son are obviously going to play on Wednesday. Uh, we haven't got anyone else. Hopefully, Charleston's not too far from being back. I know that injury wasn't as serious as first thought. So thank goodness for that. Uh, but yeah, we need to start on the front foot because Sporting Lisbon will know our, our weaknesses because they've played us once and beaten us. Uh, Marcus Edwards coming back to Spurs uh, in a stadium he never played in. Uh, it's not going to be easy at all, but we need to have the right attitude, you know, go out to win. Not not keep it tight and then try and nick a goal. Go out to win. Uh, it'll be a sellout again. It always is. Uh, certainly European nights and the, the fans need to do their job. I've no doubt they will. But yeah, have to go win. Have to go and win that one. Get a win. And if we do get a win, we'll, we're, we're a point uh, uh, above them anyway. We get a win tomorrow, four points above them, one game left. They can't catch us. Uh, Frankfurt, you know, if, 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 yeah, and if uh, Marseille beat Frankfurt, we beat Sporting, us and Marseille are through. Uh, but yeah, have to win on Wednesday, have to win. And we've got to stop this rot and, and stop this poor performance and, and, Conte's always said, isn't he? There was that famous quote, uh, losers find uh, excuses, winners find solutions. We're not playing well at the moment. Kulisevsky seems to be a big player for us. Emerson, uh, 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 Romero's out, Hoiberg's out. You're an elite manager. There's no doubt about that. Uh, go find the solution to get us a win on Wednesday and and kind of restart our season again in the league at Bournemouth as well. Find the solution there. But yeah, I, I'm not... Got too much hope at the moment. Uh, two dross performances. And I mean, if you lose to the better team, I can accept that if you've tried. You know, under Pochettino, we always attacked, always tried to score, always felt that, you know, we'd always got a chance for a, a goal in the last minute. Here, not at all. If we go, if we start losing, I, I really, really struggle to see where the goal is coming from. And we look a real soft touch again, even though after the Chelsea game, it looked like we turned the corner on that one. Uh, yeah, but again, it also should be said we're third in the league. Best start for for a league for near on 50 years. We're in a good position in the Champions League. Like I said, if we win tomorrow, Marseille win, we're in the knockout stages. Uh, it is a blip, but it's the manner of the blip that, that that's the real kick in the teeth. If you've had two top teams, which Man United and, and now Newcastle are two top teams, and Man United obviously at Old Trafford, and you lose, go out fighting, get done by a wonder piece or, or, or something like that, you can accept that. You can accept that. But not turning up at Old Trafford and not really turning up at home yesterday, that's the real kick in the teeth. And that's why I think it stings so much. And... It is a blip, but it feels a lot more than a blip. And, and we've seen this coming. We've been saying this is coming in the poor performances this season. Uh, so we've got to snap out of that. And Conte's got to find a solution. The players have got to step up as well. And the players have got to stop making stupid, stupid mistakes. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my rant for today. Uh, it's rather uh, calm. Uh, I was thinking there'll be a lot of, uh, there'll be a swear warning on, but uh, I think I've been fairly good on that one, fairly restrained. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Wednesday we can get a win, get a bit of confidence up, get a win on Saturday against Bournemouth, and then go again until the end, until the start of the World Cup. Go on a good run to the start of the World Cup. Touch wood, no injuries, 
come back with a full team and then January starts, get some signings in and really kick on. Uh, it's a lot to ask for, certainly for Tottenham anyway and Daniel Levy, but you know, you can always dream. Uh, but we'll be back on Friday. I'll have guests on that one as well. Uh, I just didn't want to talk for an hour and a half about bloody Tottenham today. Uh, I'm enjoying my evening rather than moaning about those tosses. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have guests on on Friday talking about the sporting result. Hopefully that's a win and looking ahead to the Bournemouth game. So that'll be on Friday, uh, 12.30 p.m. UK time on this channel. Uh, if you like a bit of magic, go to Chris's Magic. That's a little side channel I have, do a magic trick once a week. Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. That's UK time as well. Uh, it's not live. It just loads up on there. It's just upload on there. So hit the subscribe on there as well and the notification bell, and you'll be notified every time the video comes up. Also hit the like as well. Uh, 45 subscriptions at the moment. would be great to get to 50. And hit the like here. Hit the subscribe if you haven't done already. Closing in on 300. It'd be great to get the 300 and the notification bell as well. And thanks for watching. Thanks for everybody's comments. And like I say, hit the like, hit the subscribe, and we'll be back on Friday. And even though it's difficult to say at the moment and difficult to muster any enthusiasm, till Friday, come on, you Spurs. Thanks so much for watching, for everybody who joined in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please leave a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, please hit that notification bell. That'll give you a notification every time we're about to go live, and it's all completely free. For those who missed the live show, you can catch this whenever you want on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube channel. Please also hit the like, subscribe and notification bell. And everybody, please leave feedback, comments, suggestions in the comments section on the YouTube videos. For those of you who listen to the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that audio podcast, you can pick that up wherever you get your podcast from. We're back Mondays, 7.30pm UK time and Fridays, 12.30pm UK time. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter at LTalkTottenham, Instagram, Let's Talk Tottenham Podcast, you can find all the information there. Anyone who wants something a little bit different, also do a magic show. So I do one trick a week, which drops Wednesday, 7.30pm UK time. Chris's Magic on YouTube is where you'll find that. But in the meantime, come on you Spurs! <laughs>